Hello, and welcome to Dig It. I'm Peter Brown, and hosting the show with me today is Chris Day. Hi, Chris. Hi, Peter. May in the garden. Here we are again, Chris. We are. Uh, it's my favourite month of the year, I have to say. It's lovely, isn't it? Currently, the sun's shining, blue skies, nice and warm, but been a bit frosty in some places at night, hasn't it? Yeah, we've had some, some late uh, frosts, and I suspect they're going to continue as we go into the merry month of May, but also it's just been so dry, hasn't it, Peter? Really dry. When I was planting the potatoes a few weeks back, yeah. it's like middle of summer almost yeah. uh, down on the allotment with the how much water's on the surface. It's just really hard, clumpy soil at the moment. But it is, yeah, and I think we've just we've just missed out, haven't we, through all of April, really April showers, when you traditionally mm. get... I always used to, when I was at college, uh, we always used to describe April as the mist propagation month because <laughs> basically everything used to come up your weeds your, your plants used to break dormancy which was great but um yeah we've just not had that rainfall which is so vital at this time of the year to get things moving yeah, for, yeah. for the spring and no, and fog. no fog either really has it no, it's like that, i guess true. the rain causes the humidity which causes the fog which obviously helps keep everything nice and moist yeah certainly and, and certainly walking around the garden you know we, we're seeing lots of things sort of breaking dormancy but certainly on our obviously our bare root side of the business our mail order side we're getting quite a lot of calls now saying people you know plants not breaking dormancy just yet and i think that's because that's lack of water really stickly yeah keep the water yeah. flowing and i think that the biggest complication is how much you give a plant to you know a, a new young plant and i'm always for you know get a good you know two gallon watering can make sure there's a, a decent fine rose on the end so you can sort of percolate that over the soil and that will then obviously get into the soil and give the plant that good start. Once or twice a week usually is enough to, to get the plant then moving on nicely. But uh, little and often with watering is never a good thing. You know, little drips of water each day, you know, good substantial amounts. If you a good soak do. a yeah. couple of times a week is far better, isn't it? Certainly. That's it. And thinking about watering, I saw some new sprayers in the garden centre the other day. It's a range from Defenders. Okay. And I was really impressed by them. They're basically, you can turn them upside down and they'll carry on spraying. So I wow. guess they've got some sort of mechanism inside them that allows the water pickup to move around wherever the wherever gravity takes it, <laughs> the water. So Yeah, Peter, that's really useful because if you are using certainly small hand sprayers, there's nothing worse yep. than, than getting to the, under your plants and trying to hit the back of the leaves, which obviously when you're spraying you should do, and finally the, the, the water doesn't come out to the end of the nozzle. So Well, yeah, hopefully useful. that's yeah. it. I mean, I haven't tried them yet, but I think they do a, I'm going to say a half litre one, a two litre and a five litre. So all the sort of perfect sizes for spraying underneath your plants. And like you mm. say, sort of if you're... Giving a foliar feed or something like that Perfect. could be really useful. Yeah, look out for those, Peter. Thank you. And we've got some big flower shows coming up, so in the near future now. Haven't yeah, we, Chris? We're, we're in Chelsea Flower Show month, isn't it? Always the third week in May, and if you think about it, Peter, it was last September when the last Chelsea Flower Show happened because of yep. because of the pandemic and everything was moved back. Um, but it'd be great to see it back in in May. Um, lots of fond memories of going to Chelsea in my younger days exhibiting there but it's a, it's a I mean it's a great escape to go to and if you if you can afford the ticket or watch it on the TV both options are, are really really good yeah I, I think it's one of the most in, inspirational yeah. sort of garden shows to me because you get to see all these wonderful designs and I think like we've spoken about before they actually a lot of them will actually work if you were to plant them up mm. sort of in your own garden, assuming you had the right soil conditions and the right light Indeed. conditions. But yeah, yeah obviously the, it is the 
finest garden show, I suppose you could say, isn't it? And, mm. and I suppose when you go inside that wonderful, wonderful pavilions, as we were speaking to, uh, obviously, Rosemary Hardy last month, and obviously seeing what they do with the, the you know, the wonderful displays of delphiniums, plants sort of out of season as well, you know, the yep. uh, begonias. And yeah, I mean, it is a real sort of haven for, for, for plant people to enjoy and, and to savour what, you know, what nurserymen can do and what, how good we are as as British growers to to put those plants out there. So, and it's interesting. Um, we're we're recording our podcast in a in a Malvern building on on the on the Buckingham yep. Garden Centre side. And of course, Malvern last year picked up a gold medal. Yep. And they're going to go for gold again this year. Yeah, because last year it was the disco themed. It was uh, garden shed. Shall I? <laughs> can I call it that? But yeah, Malvern Garden Buildings. Uh, like isn't it? I think mentioned before we record our podcasts in them, and mm. they're just beautiful buildings, and they really are. I'd love one. But. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But what they're going to be doing this year, Peter, is they're doing um, Planet Studio, is what they're, they're calling it, and it's right. a uh, it's a flip uh, the perception of the traditional Kew Garden room, um, transforming it into a contemporary garden bar and entertainment space for those wanting a piece of city nightlife in their own garden. Wow, that would be great. Okay, so I suspect. Houseplants are going to feature again, somehow or other. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, we're seeing a lot of houseplants on the high street. I mean, mm. the number of shops that we've... I've sort of noticed, even in Northampton, I think there's a new houseplant shop. Mm. There's, Dobby's obviously went into it, I'm going to say, last year. Yes. Really yeah. sort of jumping on the bandwagon of houseplants are the new cool thing to be buying into. Indeed. And I think it's great. I mean, it's nice to have... the sort of selections that you can now find of different houseplants in these little high street shops so, mm. and i think everyone should get into houseplants they are Most nice definitely. to have in and house, isn't it just they? nice to see on the high street you know there's so many empty shops and if they aren't you know going over to charity shops or other other you know more coffee shops perhaps yep. isn't it just nice to see some you know different entrepreneurial people getting involved in that and sharing their passion which obviously um is, is happening there I think that's it. And also quite a few of them are selling cut flowers mm. as well. So it's a nice yeah. dual-purpose shop, as it were. So Indeed. if you want something that's going to grow. Mm-hmm. Personally, the last present we got given in our house was a blue hydrangea. It's only a small little house mm-hmm. plant, but yeah, it's a lot better than having a bunch of flowers. I mean, the hydrangea is still flowering a month later. Exactly, yeah. But much better value, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the other thing, uh, Peter, is uh, when I was looking through the, what's coming up at Chelsea, and there, there is quite a lot of wildflower elements happening. Okay. Um, and, uh, I mean, we, we, we know it really, knowing it as gardens, not to include weeds, but there is going to be one garden really sort of uh, doing a, a rather nice job of it, showing sustainability and climate okay. change as well as the theme. So there's going to be hedgerows in there. You're going to see buttercups, nettles, very unusual for Chelsea, this. Um, Sounds interesting. Yeah. Are they going to be having some of the new classified, the, the new non-pest slugs? And I snails? suspect they'll probably sneak in. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> probably take an opportunity. But I think it's um, it's going to be going to be. It's been designed by Jamie Butterworth, who's quite well known, I think, in the in the gardening world for creating some of these slightly um, unusual, shall we say, gardens. But yep. I'm sure it'll capture the eye. And I think uh, the whole idea of, of rewilding. Britain landscape is another another uh, garden at the, the Chelsea Flower Show this year. So we're going to see quite a few uh, of that, that sort of style, which I think is quite a nice bit of relief from the, the yeah, formality nice. of normal... Well, it, it'll make me feel a lot 
more proud of my garden Indeed. and the fact that it does have the odd weed and the <laughs> wildflower in it. But yeah, I think that's it. I mean, wildflowers can look stunning. I mean, you think that alpine meadows in the Alps oh, are beautiful, yeah, and they're yeah. just wild grasslands with lots of wildflowers in and, and yeah and in this month peter we're told to no mow may mm. so you know that slightly goes against the, well maybe it works in, in conjunction with but certainly if we're we're not going to be getting our uh, our uh, fly mows or our rotary cylinder mowers out through the month of may perhaps it's a great opportunity to encourage those flowers to perform well and get the bumblebees on our uh, on our dandelions and yep. enjoy that well, that's it. I mean, obviously, last month we were speaking to David Hedges Gower mm. about how to care for your lawn, and he mm. was suggesting two, three times a week was a mm. good sort of number of times to be mowing your lawn if you can, if you got time, yeah. and then you'll end up with a beautiful sward of grass. Mm. But no mow may sounds a lot more up my street. Sounds yeah. perfect. Yeah. Uh, I'll enjoy getting the deck chairs out and having a nice beer instead of um, having the lawnmower out for a whole for, for a whole month. For a whole that month, yeah, brilliant. yeah. And the, the other bit of news on from the RHS as well as we're talking about the, the flower shows is that, um, and it's a great call in view of a view of the environmental properties. The RHS are opt, suggesting we should opt for hedges, not fences, when we come mm. to put uh, new boundaries into our gardens. And they've launched a uh, hundred thousand pounds of new research to identify the best planting combinations. Okay, so that could be good. I mean, certainly good as for for our business here as we we're hedging yeah. specialists. So well, we've, we've been yeah. doing all sorts of different. I mean, we do the native hedging mix, um, which is a nice mixture of, as it sounds, native hedges. Mm. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do the the soft hue collection with nice obviously uh, attractive foliage and then we do the the edible hedge edible hedge that's the yeah, one isn't it that's it full is. of all nice sort of things that you can i mean hazelnuts i think are one of my favorite mm. nuts to eat and yep. a nice hedge with some nice hazelnuts in yeah brilliant so we've got to wait the findings are going to be published in 20 2024 so a little bit okay. of time there but that's really interesting and that's i think that's what the rhs should be all about you know trying to to link in to find out how we can maximize all the plants we're using the garden especially hedgerows mm. okay so we're um, looking through the, the, the calendar piece and uh, we've got a few things obviously happening at the garden center on wednesday the 11th and saturday the 14th i'm doing another master class okay. growing growing perfect perennials ah. which yeah and it's all based on my experience growing in a home i do like perennials at the best of times and looking at the whole sort of way of choosing them uh, theming them some sort of practical tips on growing them as well so brilliant so we'll, we'll do do two talks about about an hour in length with a, a Q&A session at the end so that's at the garden center more details on the on the show show note links brilliant and Thursday the 12th we've got World Topiary Day. I know. I got quite excited when I saw this, actually. Yeah, let's celebrate topiary. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I love seeing the Edwardian houses with their lovely box plants out in their porches that all mm. look either Beautiful. trimmed up in perfect triangles or round baubles yeah. or whatever. And yeah, the, different shapes. The swirls that you get. They, yeah. they, they can be lovely, can't yeah. they? I mean, I remember years ago uh, visiting the, the gardens up in, in the, the Lake District. Um, okay. Yeah, Levens Hall which I'm, I'm sure many of our listeners will be familiar with. Um, it's got the world record for the, the greatest number and the oldest topiary in the oh, world. Right. Okay. I, th- I think there's 100 topiary wow. uh, plants in various shapes. And I do remember years ago, this is showing my age, Peter, watching uh, Blue Peter yep. uh, going there. And, and actually, I think, I think it was John Noakes actually doing some trimming up these huge 
probably uh, not allowed health and safety um, <laughs> rope situations with 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 ladders doing the, the amazing turbo. But it is a it's like the road, you know, the fourth road bridge. It's a, a yeah. constant effort to to keep it nicely trimmed. But um, yeah, I mean, whether you've got a, a, t- a topiary box or you've got some, uh, or you you enjoy visiting, you know, these wonderful mazes. Yeah, because uh, there's one quite near here, isn't there? Blenheim Palace. Mm. That's got a nice U maze. Very nice it is, yes. Uh, I did uh, went there a few years ago and I did actually get lost in it and it did <laughs> <laughs> have to admit it, but it, it is a, g- a really good one. And if, yeah, when you're visiting any of the, you know, the larger properties, do check out the, the mazes because they are good They're fun. They're good fun, especially, are good for, fun. Yeah, yeah. especially if, you know, if you get lost, it takes you a while to get out it again. It did, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, yeah. Brilliant. And um, Friday the 15th is one close to my heart, World Bee Day. Yep. Um, idea is to raise awareness about bees and pollinators and yeah i know went up the top of the field last week and mm-hmm. one of our hives is getting ready to swarm we've got a queen cell in there so i'll be able to split that into two hives so hopefully be able to divide and make another beehive out of that that's, that's good news that is good news i don't think we're as we, we mentioned before um it's so important that we as gardeners now we we do check when we're buying plants that they are they've got a nice label to indicate that they've got uh, good pollination uh, qualities yeah uh, when planting i think we're all getting quite savvy to that now and uh, so the rhs again have done a great great job uh, on, on the, encouraging us to do just that mm. And what's been selling in the shop? Vegetable seeds, top five yeah, this, this month, isn't it, Chris? It is, yeah. Starting at five, carrots, nuts, five. Right. And in four, charred bright lights. Yep. In number three, and I'm quite encouraged by this, tomato gardener's delight. Is that a good one? It is a good one. It's it's obviously popular. Flavour, it's, it's all about the flavour with that variety, isn't it? And even though we sell countless plants as, to, as young plants obviously yep. people like growing them from seed which is good in number two we've got a, a, a beetroot boltardi yep and in number one surprise surprise another carrot um wow. autumn king two okay so to have two carrots in there top five. That's, is, yeah. Is, yeah it's good and that's based on sales from the beginning of january um, surprises me. I'd have thought Outcut Dolce would have been in there, but Indeed. maybe yep. not. Yep. Carrots um, are the new yeah. broad beans. <laughs> broad beans. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you go down. Yeah, but I mean, broad beans came in at number nine. Uh, okay. That was uh, Bernard's, um, and then yeah, okay. a good solid top five there. And as it's May now, Chris, what jobs have you got for me? My <laughs> word, on with where, this month? where do we start, Peter? <laughs> it's a lot. Um, well, well, I, I suppose... don't have to mow the lawn anymore because it's no mow May. But, <laughs> but should we, should we be feeding it? I suppose should we be helping our wonderful uh, bees and uh, pollinators? So and yeah, I mean, grass growing. Yeah, I mean, uh, like we've discussed, I think before, it's best time to put a lawn fertilizer the granular fertilizers mm. on is the day before it rains but mm. looking at the weather forecast at the moment there's yeah. just no. no rain forecast so i guess if you're going to feed your lawn now or in the next week or two give it a good watering in to get the fertilizer to sort of start dissolving into the ground is that the best way to do it chris most definitely otherwise you're going to end up with a very scorched 
um, very yellow looking lawn and I think especially um, in view of the fact that the soil you know the soil within your lawn is so dry as well so I might be tempted actually if you can if you if you're not you know if you're blessed uh, not having a water meter maybe yeah irrigate maybe uh, sort of a couple of days before you're planning to apply your, your okay. I, I think I might be doing Moisten that Moisten the ground up a bit first and Just, then put the fertiliser mm, on and then yeah, 24 it, hours later give it another watering maybe Indeed yeah and then the, the plants will respond well to that and you, won't, you shouldn't then get any any scorching happening there and a lot of these products of course um, like obviously the evergreen range contain a weed and feed and maybe yep. moss killer so I think it's even more important that there is moisture available to to the plants within the lawn as well within the, within the grass seed too so uh, yeah I think you know make it make the, the soil as, as moist as you can within the confines or restrictions of uh, water yep. uh, usage yeah and obviously if there's a frost forecast mm. Get the fleece out, and we'll bring all the plant, the tender plants, back into the greenhouse overnight. Yeah, I mean it's a difficult one. Um, I mean I've got I've got one greenhouse which I've been heating through uh, April and possibly into into this month now. But um, yeah, I'm on paraffin heating, which isn't particularly cheap. Like no no fuel is at the moment, so I'm trying to wean my plants off off that. And yeah, make sure you your greenhouse or your cold frames. You open the vents and get as much air into the into the structure. And of course, if you can oit the plants out and put them outside during the day yep um, then starts hardening them up that's it. it yeah and that that process it usually takes a couple of weeks which will take us into mid third week in may for planting at the very earliest that's it and the bedding plants are we've got the gap at the moment haven't we chris at the beginning yeah. of the month is sort of this year waiting for the start of the summer bedding season mm, yeah i think the growers are always in the same predicament um they're clearing out their you know their pansies violas and all the other spring crops and uh, i mean it's, it's good to see that we are getting things like lobelia and petunias in there right now and i did see a few dahlias uh, incredibly in flower so you've got to be a yep. little bit careful with those but generally once you get into may you know we all like to get our containers and planters planted first hence that's why we always take the we say a gamble it's never really a gamble because we're, we're, we're fortunate because we're under under protection there we can fleece our stock but it's when the plants get it's getting them outside, outside yeah, be yeah, careful yeah, when, yeah. yeah but i think your idea of moving them in and out of the mm. greenhouse is a great one because it just hardens them up a little bit before they go fully outside yeah and, uh, and tough, toughing the plants up as well because so you know normally if you give plants if they've been if you've been growing your own bedding plants um they start to run out of feed at this time of year anyway after yep. six eight weeks so you might want to start giving them a little bit of feed and if you use a high potash feed that usually keeps the plants more strong if the weather is colder it's incredible. It's the thing the RHS came up with a few years ago. So high potash feeding generally keeps your plants quite tough rather than using high nitrogen, which, of course, makes them very soft and that's that's makes them more vulnerable to, to frost damage. So, uh, yeah, just, just, be, just be careful. But, you know, don't let that stop you getting on with your containers because we all itch to get those planted up and, and ready, especially things like hanging baskets. Mm. And it wasn't it? talking about hanging baskets. I saw the kindergarten... Mm. Um, I think instant planters. I yes, think they call poppins, them the poppins. Poppins. Yeah. Yeah. I love them. They They're great. The solution to all my problems. Certainly, I just dump them in the hanging basket and put some soil underneath, and off you go. Boom! You've got an instant hanging basket, and all the neighbours think, "Oh, they've done well." <laughs> as the plants grow and it looks like a proper professional job <laughs> and i think the, the reason is that the um, kinder work in conjunction with bold colgrave to bring out all these really good varieties so yep. you're getting something which has been really thought through by the grower 
so it's predictably good results, and that's what we want in gardening, isn't it? We don't want to be disappointed, and those mm. certainly don't. That. And we always get a, you know, the, the, the amount of phone calls we were taking back last month, when are they coming in? There's a, such a, a mm. demand for them. There's um, a massive demand, mm. and we generally sell out, and that's the problem, is that yeah. kinder can't grow enough of Indeed. them because yeah. they're that popular, which is brilliant. This is good. good, it's good, yeah. And, of course, they do, uh, they do a drop-in, um, or dropping or poppins as we call them for hanging baskets but they also do one for pots as well so if you if you're feeling um you know you want to you know use a take advantage of their know-how then you you can really have a, a very colorful and uh, and they're all themed as well so you, i think there's one i was looking at the other day called sophistication okay. well well there you go you know it's got it yeah. <laughs> so it's all all the sort of the, the latest plant varieties there most of those um, plants they put into those containers are are cutting raised, so you are getting a much better product than something grown from seed too. Mm, that's interesting. Thanks, Chris. And it's vegetable sort of seed planting, and well, for me it is. I'm running a bit late <laughs> as usual, but time to think about vegetables at mm. the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, certainly at the garden centre, we've got a nice range of the, uh, the little plug veggies coming in now, which is probably yep. going to be good news for a lot of people. Um, yeah, if you want to grow things like runner beans, uh, French beans, anything of the, of the tender nature, sweet corn, um, probably getting a little bit late for tomatoes, but certainly that ilk of, of, of vegetables, yeah, get them sown now on the windowsill, they'll be up. They'll be um, up. Multi-sow them, so a couple of three seeds to a, a, a nine centimeter pot or a couple of seeds to a, a, a one of these plug plug trays yep. and off you go um, and they'll be up within a week 10 days and then grow them tough grow them quite hardy if you can yeah because i normally start mine in a little um propagator in the conservatory mm-hmm. so it's nice and warm and that seems to get them firing up and yeah. then i put them outside on the patio yep. and then a few days later, take the lid off in the day, Perfect. so they get a little bit of wind on them, and that seems to. Yeah. The, the sweet corn certainly do well, and that hardens them up nicely. But yeah, I think this year I'll be getting some more instant planted uh, yeah. material from the garden centre because yeah. I haven't got my courgettes done. And for me, enormous runner beans are oh, my favourite. Good variety. I've yeah. tried many different varieties and I always go back to the enormous. I think they're, yep. without a doubt, the best ones for flavour and yep. streeness-wise. Indeed, uh, yeah. They, they seem to grow well as well. So Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good variety. I do, um, I do, this year I'm doing red rum okay. and uh, white emperor. So, yeah, yeah. And I just grow them. I mean, I grow them for, for obviously producing beans but obviously the flowers are nice too so they are the so they're really 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 colorful and i always get me uh, my sweet peas going as well and put a few sweet peas to grow with them to help the, the pollinators i always like to do that little trick um it seems to work i don't know it's it looks looks attractive looks nice as a yeah i was having a you know, discussion with my neighbor you know, who's um this year she's trying a new way of growing runner beans she's decided that she's you know, gonna she's formed herself a hazel sort of arch um, okay. almost like a pergola I, th- I think you call it so it, it's a long tunnel almost of hazel that she's growing her runner beans up this year because she like me historically I started off with wigwams and then found that because the beans hang down getting them out you often miss them mm-hmm. so the last few years I've just been growing them on one side of a triangle sort of mm-hmm. if that makes sense yep yep um but this year she's decided she's going to grow grow them in a tunnel so she can pick them from both sides and off the, the top of the of the roof so be interesting to see how that works Indeed. out for her that sounds good yes and it's interesting we, we talked last uh, month about uh, starting plants from seed and i have my trials of of using compost 
Mm. Yeah, um, how do you get? How are they getting on? Well, the state of play is quite interesting. I used the control um, Jack's Magic, which is obviously a peat based compost, yep. and then I've been sewing into a variety of brands. Where the the um, you had the home base. Um, that's it. Yep, the peat free and uh, I'm going to say New Horizon. New Horizon free. free, free. And uh, the, the other one, the other anomaly, which I just thrown in because it was cheap and cheerful, something one from one of the one of the discount uh, supermarkets to to give that a go. Right, an Aldi one. Was Aldi, it? Yep, yep, and um, fine, and the, everything's grown okay. Uh, both germination right. and things are potted up. Brilliant. The, the only proviso is, and we were chatting um, in the garden centre the other day, is obviously the management of these composts. They are quite difficult. Yep. Because there's no peat in them, basically. So you've got to just do a little bit of extra watering at the beginning of the process. So when you've you've filled your, your pots with, with compost or your, your seed trays or your, your plug trays, make sure you just stand those pots trays in some water. So in a, in a trug or in a, a tray, 10, 15 minutes, let the, the, the soil... So be give them a really good, good soaking so, yeah, and I mean, let them thoroughly yeah, really, wet themselves. Yeah, indeed. And then okay. a bit of water on the top with a fine rose so you've got basically the top and bottom of the compost, let them sort of obviously drain off, because otherwise you'll get very wet um, Yeah, legs when you're trying to do your freaking out, which I did the other day, finding the yeah. water running down. And then, you know, sow or plant into those very nice wet plugs of, of compost and fine. So far, so good. So far, so It'll be interesting to see now the next processes are there. They're growing nicely. They're, they're starting to grow. So how the roots develop, that'll be my next report back, perhaps. Okay. We can, we can see how they... Any nice aromas or sort of um, mm. damping off or fungus growing or anything? Yeah. Right. So no no fungus. However, yeah, you mentioned the aromas. Yeah, the, the home base, which got the witch best buy. Um, quite, uh, quite a fruity smell, shall, shall we aromatic, say. Aromatic, is Arom- it? Yeah, yeah, aromatic and very animal, I would say. Ah, okay, nice, <laughs> yes. fair enough. Um, however, nice material to use. Um, I, I run it through a sieve because yep. obviously, there's, as we know, there's a high percentage of wood chips go into uh, these, these, these sort of products. So, right. Yeah, so you need to just run it through there to get rid of those. But I've not found any you know, pieces of glass or uh, bark or you know, big pieces no of bark. Plastics or, no plastic. No plastic. So far, so good. good. So that's, that's good. So maybe, you know, the manufacturers are getting a, you know, a handle around this. Let's hope so. But, uh, yeah. We'll, we'll hear about it some more next month then. Maybe. See how the, the, the plant roots develop then. Let's see. Thank you. You mentioned earlier about the frosts. Mm. I know Daniel Lotman is quite an exposed site, so have to be a bit careful with that. And obviously potatoes are sprouting through the surface now. Um those are, there's certainly ones you need to mm. be a bit more careful of, aren't they? Yeah, they've, they've moved very quickly. I mean, both my, my first and second earliest, which I'm growing in pots this year, are, are motoring along at a great speed. So I've been adding compost to cover the, the shoots as they've appeared. Okay. I'm, now, I'm now at the top of the pot, so I've run out of space to cover. Okay. They're really romping away. I've, I've never known them to be growing so, so so quickly. So the warm weather of, of April, hopefully it continues this month. We should, yep. should, be, we should be fine. But yeah, make sure you, you, you're worth up. So that's in the in the border. Bring, you know, bring the soil around the plants. Make sure that the the soil is crumbly enough to to, to yeah. So you're not going to actually damage the the, the growing tips. That's quite important. Okay. And I think because it's been so dry, that might be yeah. a bit of a, a problem. And then obviously add compost or well rotted you know home produced compost if you want to to help the the crop as well. That's a good idea. So I suppose you could maybe use a sieve or something like that to mm. sieve some soil and compost over the tops of them to build the 
pyramids up that way. Yeah, that's that would that work really well. And then obviously, um, yeah, if you can get a bit of water onto them uh, as you're doing that process, that would probably help because obviously, you know, the, these are stem tubers, so that the, the potatoes form on those, those stems you're producing, and that will start happening quite quite soon once we get through the month of May. You know, we've only for early you've only got like a month after that for the the, mm. for the potatoes to form. So if it is going to remain dry. Worth watering potatoes, most definitely. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. uh, I mean, just, your potatoes are obviously grown very well. I was chitting some Red Duke of York, mm-hmm. and I also uh, I, I, this year I've grown Desire Red Duke of York, Santana. Santana, yes, mm-hmm. and yeah. the Red Duke of York. They, in this, I put them all in the garage to chit at the same time, and. The Duke of York's must have been eight, ten inches tall, the chips oh, wow. on them. So I took yeah. your tip of cutting them in. No, yeah, down. down. So yeah, hopefully, they've, um, yeah, the we'll see how they do. But yeah, no, they went in the ground and mm. we'll see. They're, they're just starting to break the surface, so they're still alive. I haven't killed them yet. No, that's good. That's it. Yeah. And um, vegetables, I guess, now the frosts are passing, can we put things like the courgettes and beans in yet? yes so yeah i mean yeah, just watch the weather a bit of have some horticultural fleas handy i think that's the thing and we were talking about um yeah if you're putting in things like courgettes and pumpkins and things you know the old trick with a you know a two two liter uh um bottle plastic bottle. bottle yeah recycle yeah. it use that as a little cloche maybe that might just help you know the, the you know to keep the warmth in especially on a, a cold night i mean there will come a point when the plants will outgrow the space you've given them obviously yep. but it just gives them that, that perhaps for the first couple of weeks a little bit of protection just leave the top that's open a good idea, yeah. yeah and it's obviously something that's recycling isn't it or upcycling our uh, our plastic too yeah because yeah, my um red riding hood tulips I planted last autumn, have come up and... Looking good. Two thirds of them have had a flower, the other third got eaten by slugs, but... Oh, okay. <laughs> love a really slugs. nice little uh, tulip, isn't it? It's a fantastic one. The yeah. daffodils are well and truly over now, aren't mm-hmm. they? But what, what what should we be doing with our old bulb, uh, bulb plants? Yeah, so with your daffodils, uh, it's a good idea to obviously take the flower... Because um, obviously they start to set seed, but actually these the, leave the flowering stem in place, but just take the top bit where the flowers okay. have been, yep. and then just let the whole plant basically die down. The rule is six weeks, so six weeks once the flower fades, yep. you can leave the plants. Then give them a, a dusting of fertilizer. I mean, you could use a you know you could liquid feed something like phosphogen, uh, blood fish and bone if you wanted to use blood fish and bone, um, or a bit of tomato feed would be good. With tulips, it's a bit more tricky because a lot of people like myself, grow tulips in pots and then take them, get everything out to make space for the summer colour. Yep. So what I tend to do is just dig a large hole in, in somewhere, just different areas of my garden border, just drop the whole thing in, Okay. plant them a little bit deeper than they were in the pot. Yeah. So some bit, a bit of compost in there around just to settle them in and give them a good water. Yeah, take the dead flowers off as and when that happens, or they, they should be all coming to that point anyway, and let them die down naturally. And, okay. and that hopefully means I'll get a, a bit of a show on that that new space in, in the border. So, um, yeah, it's just managing them, really. Just give them a little bit of feed. Um, don't tie the leaves in knots or do strange things with the, the foliage. You know, six weeks yeah. after that flower's phase, you can cut the, the foliage back. That's quite quite good. But in the meantime, give them a bit of, uh, bit of help with some... Some feed and the same with bluebells and snowdrops. Mm. If well, snowdrops are well and truly finished now. They are, they? yeah. They, they're sort bluebells of the, are still, yeah, coming in, uh, sort of finishing flowering. Yeah, I mean with the snowdrops, actually, Peter. Some people might 
Uh, I mean, they're still very green. This is the time to move your snowdrops, actually. If you want to move okay. clumps, you do, yeah. the, do that in the green. So you've probably got perhaps a couple of weeks to do that before they completely disappear again. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, bluebells, yes, I mean, you, you, you normally sort of deadhead those if, if you've got just a small number in your garden. I mean, normally most people let them set seed, so they populate they the area. Yeah, yeah. yeah they are a good one for multiplication, yeah. aren't they? They're yeah. quite easy. I, I started off with a few in my garden, and mm. now I've got quite a few more. Yeah, <laughs> my God, I've got, I've got a bit of a takeover from the Spanish. The Spanish uh, are taking over the English uh. at the moment, so um, so they're gonna, I'm going to oik those out. They're definitely coming out this, this year, but um, they do take over. They are a bit more aggressive. Yeah, because I can remember when I used to do the bulb ordering the first time around, my mother was adamant that we weren't ever going to stock the spanish ones because obviously we've got our native bluebells that do very well and the spanish imposters are just yeah they'll take over the the, bit like the gray squirrels that (laughs) take over the world perform don't they and And the thing is they yeah they they pollinate and they 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 build up numbers and i mean if the spanish ones were well behaved uh, it'd be fine but unfortunately they're they're not so they're thugs they are (laughs) in the nicest possible way Yeah. yeah And I guess it's about that time of year you need to start thinking about putting the grids over the delphiniums, isn't mm. it, Chris? Yeah, so um, I mean, I think the thing is with delphiniums, of course, they grow so quickly, um, and many of the varieties that we know grow incredibly tall. So if you could put a, um, a sort of a structure over the mesh system, I think the ones we do are Poppy Forge. Yep. Um, they're nice. I mean, they, they look good. They're well That's made. They're nice green. Yeah. They're, they're, they're quite camouflaged. They are, you yeah. Can, uh, I guess it's getting them on nice and early so the plants grow into them rather exactly. than putting them on in a month's time where you're trying to then feed the plant in through yeah. the grid. Indeed. I mean, a lot of people use, you know, uh, pea sticks. You know, you get hazel sticks yep. as that. And that's absolutely fine if you've got a good you know, supply of those. Perfect. I mean, bamboo canes, cleverly placed... Um, position and obviously use some nice uh, raffia or tie you can do that as well but i think using a proper uh, support system you know makes a lot of sense especially if you know well you, you're going to be planting your perennials you'll know that you're going to have certain plants which are going to need that extra support so but do it you know sooner rather than later i think that's the that's the key and with the platinum jubilee coming up mm. i mean lots of gardeners are thinking about Doing red, white, and blue themes this year. I, I hope so. I hope people are going to really take it on board. I'm, I'm certainly going to have a go at home, Peter. I think it's quite nice. It's an excuse, isn't it, just to do something? Well, when the Tour de France came, everyone was doing nice yellow plantings mm-hmm. and painting bicycles and sticking them on the front of their house in yellow. And yes, why not? I mean, the garden centre here. We've got our vertical wall garden, mm-hmm. which you've you've come up with a plan for verbena isn't yeah, it for, yeah a variety called showboat and we've got plugs uh, in red white and blue excellent so i mean verbena is a lovely f- mm. bedding plant isn't it lots of tiny little flowers that make such a nice vibrant color mm. and I, I guess there'll be did i hear tower of london's mm. got a new a couple of years ago they did poppies didn't they yes a, such a massive display in, of the moat yeah, yeah in the moat yeah that's it this year it's yeah it's more than 20 million uh seeds have been sown in the moat of the the, the flower i'm just reading this from uh, this is from garden news magazine um devised by nigel dunnett uh, he's the professor of planting design and urban horticulture at the University of Sheffield, no less. Um, okay. And it's going to be a summer-long spectacle uh, with changing colours and patterns, including field poppies again. Brilliant. Uh, corn marigolds, cornflowers, 
and the whole idea is to to bring in wildlife as well. So well, that's going to be quite a spectacle, isn't it? Mm, I look forward to seeing that when it comes into flower. Indeed, yeah. So that's uh, and the, literally, um, <laughs> they said it has been no mean feat to this. They even uh, they've they've done quite a lot of they've, they've created other structures in there as well to to make the whole thing work, including weaving lots of willow into the display too. So yeah. it's going to be quite three dimensional by the sounds of it. So uh, yeah, cool. should be good. Looking forward to seeing that. And with the season now sort of quite underway, I noticed a few new faces down on the allotment where old plot holders who've given up their plots have been uh, sort of moved on and the new new faces have all arrived. And it's a nice sort of change in the scenery, isn't it? And I think allotments are really... They're in high demand, aren't they? They are, yeah. I, I saw a, a news article the other day, Peter, and it was, um, I mean, the basic message to allotment holders is, you know, use your allotment or lose it. I mean, they've been quite frank about the fact that so many uh, allotment plots are just not being used and neglected. And, of course, there's waiting lists in some areas for yep. so, for many, many years. So um, I think, you know, the positive is if you, if, you know, you want a, a plot, you want to grow more fruit and veg, and your garden isn't sufficiently large enough, then, you know, in the present time when food prices are, as we know, are going through the roof, then maybe it is the time to take the plunge and, and grab yourself a, a plot. Definitely. And, I mean, they're nice spaces to go mm. and you know, get yourself outside and get some fresh air and do a bit of exercise. And, yeah, I, I like my allotments. It's good fun. Yeah, I think they always say, don't they, the garden is the next best thing to an outdoor gym. Yeah. And especially if you're buying one or getting into one at this time of the year, you might have to do a bit of digging, a bit of weeding. I think that's it, yeah, because the grass is well and truly grown now, hasn't it? Yeah, and, it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah. But uh, no, I think uh, let, let's let's uh, think about that. And if you if you're, you're eking to, to grow some food and you want to have a go at the, the good life, perhaps now is a better time than ever to, to give it a go. Yeah, allotments or community gardens Indeed. are both great for that, yeah. aren't they? Brilliant. So what are we coming? Uh, what have we got coming up next? Yep. Yeah, so uh, we've got we'll be looking at the the wonderful world of wildlife gardening uh, next time, and okay. uh, we've got uh, a, a broadcaster and uh, wildlife. It is very, he's very interested in wildlife, shall we say, and that's a chap called Martin Fish. So we'll be okay. speaking, speaking to him uh, next time on Dig It. Brilliant. So we'll catch him just before he goes off to judge the Harlow Car Flower Show, won't we? He's a busy man. He is. So join us next time with RHS judge Martin Fish to learn a little bit more about gardening and wildlife. Indeed. In yeah, that should be a good, should be a good, good listen. Brilliant. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Chris. Today's show was brought to you by Buckingham Garden Centre and Nurseries. The show was hosted by Chris Day and Peter Brown. The show was produced by Peter Brown. And our thanks to Chilton Music Therapy for providing the music. Thanks for listening. At Chilton Music Therapy, we want everyone to know the difference that music can make in their lives. From parents and their premature babies in hospital to grandparents with dementia. We provide music therapy and community music services to people of all ages and needs across England. We work both digitally and in person in people's homes, care homes, schools, hospitals and hospices. Find out more at chilternmusictherapy.co.uk.